0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. Hello, uh, glad you're here. Uh, we are still studying the book of Proverbs. We'll be studying, um, finishing up Proverbs chapter 26. We'll be taking up at verse 23 and then going through uh, and finishing uh, chapter 27. Before we get started, just a couple of notes. Um, as we close out the book of Proverbs, we'll probably be closing it out uh um, through this week and early into next week and just get ready because next week we'll be um studying the book of Philippians which I'm really excited to study. I've never studied that book before and um like like we're going through verse by verse and so I'm really excited. Uh I gained so much from Galatians and Ephesians and Philippians is always been one of those books that just has so much encouragement in it and I can't wait to jump into that. So, um just be ready for next week. Um Matali is still with family uh, uh in Africa and she's traveling and she's uh um not able yet to uh, rejoin the podcast. So, our thoughts and our prayers go out to Matali and her family uh, uh, everyone there. Um, Just love and regards to all. We'll be looking forward to having you back when you're able to. So, we'll jump right in. We'll finish up Proverbs, uh, starting uh, at chapter 26, and we'll be looking at starting verse 23. And this section, 23 through 28, I'm just going to read because it all has a common theme about hypocrites, people who flatter other people people who are two-faced, lying people, those type of things. This covers a lot of ground that um, you probably can identify with. So let's take up at 23, um, chapter 26. Uh, like a glaze covering an earthen vessel are fervent lips with an evil heart. Whoever hates disguises himself with his lips and harbors deceit in his heart. When he speaks graciously, believe him not. For there are seven abominations in his heart. Though his hatred be covered with deception, his wickedness will be exposed in the assembly. Whoever digs a pit will fall into it, and a stone will come back on him. Who starts it rolling? A lying tongue hates its victims, and a flattering mouth works ruined so many times we see people who are insincere and the this this part of the proverbs really deals with the practical some of the most practical day-to-day stuff that we see and it warns us by using so many different little um, examples and mental illustrations That tells you the value of insincerity. That tells you the value of people who will just say anything to be popular or say anything to get you to smile or get you to laugh or somehow to win your favor. And uh, those kind of conversations, uh, I don't know about you, I've never ever enjoyed them. I've never uh, been, I've never gravitated to that. And then, but then sometimes. You can feel yourself trying to do that to other people when you're insecure about yourself. So when you start, like we were talking about yesterday, when you start taking your heart off of Christ, when you stop being Christ-centered, you start you start to be more self-centered or worldly-centered. And when you get that self-centered behavior, you get self-conscious. And when you get more self-conscious, you get... Just your actions become self-directed. And when you have these conversations, it doesn't matter who with or in what circumstances. It could be at work, school, at a a gathering or a party or a social event. It could even be at church. When you come up and you talk to somebody, like let's say a visitor at church. If you're self-conscious when you do that you're going to be talking about yourself more or thinking about what the other person says as it relates to yourself as opposed to how it relates to them. And Or you may get bored really quickly when they talk about themselves or what they think, you know. And you in the back of your mind, you're just waiting to get out of church so you can go watch the football game or you can go out to lunch or you can go get together because you've got something else lined up. Maybe you want to, uh, you know, play golf or do something like that. Or you've just got another errand to run. Or you've got worries. And it's so easy when your heart's not centered on Christ to get centered on yourself. And this insincerity, this hypocrisy, is what the Proverbs are warning against false flattery. People who are two-faced, you know, they smile or they pretend to be real uh, godly people in church, but right when you leave, you know, they'll be talking right about you or be talking about one another. And so that kind of talk, that kind of heart, that deceitful nature that is covered up with graciousness, is like a glaze just covering an earthly vessel. It doesn't have any value. It doesn't have any depth to it, and it doesn't it doesn't um, help at all. It's just for show for the vessel itself. There's no depth to it. So those are some those are some really um, nice verses that talk about. Deception and flattery and hypocrisy. We should be careful. Again, it's another um, <coughs> really practical, <coughs> excuse me, practical um, illustration of being Christ-centered and Christ-conscious as opposed to being self-centered and self-conscious. So now we'll go to chapter 27. And as McGee points out, a lot of what chapter 27 deals with is friendship. And um, I'll just pose a question. How deep are your friendships? And what are your friendships based on? How deep are your friendships and what are your friendships based on? Well, you may say, well, you know what? My friendships are really deep. What are they based on? Well, we like to do things. We like to go bowling. We like to go shopping. We like to, you know, watch football. We like to watch soccer. You know? If your friendships are... Ba- a lot of friendships are based on common interests. Those are okay. But friendships that are based on the love of Christ have to be the deepest friendships. <clears throat> and... um You could say, well, you know, I don't have any friends. That's another response. You could say, well, I don't have very many friends at all. What are your friendships based on? Well, the friendships that I have are really based on nothing. I don't really know why we're friends. We just see each other at work or school, you know. So those kind of friendships are based on no real interest, and they're not based on Christ alone either. So those are real shallow friendships. They're probably not even friendships. They're real superficial friendships. And then you can have friendships that say, well, you know what? We both love the Lord. Now, we don't have any interest, any common interest, but we both love the Lord. Those are deep. Even though you don't have any other common interest, loving the Lord is the basis of the the most deepest relationship you can have. Now, you can say, I love the Lord, And we like baseball or football or other things. Or we like to shop. Or we have children and we have a lot of common interests. Those are great friendships too. But a friendship that's not based on the love of Christ are just worldly friendships. And they don't last. Chapter 27, verse 1. Do not boast about tomorrow. For you do not know what a day may bring. Now, isn't that kind of common? Thinking about what you're going to do tomorrow, or thinking about making plans for for the next day when you haven't even lived out this day. <clears throat> Take care of today's issues today. Today's a precious gift from the Lord, so don't boast about anything. You don't you don't have plans. The only thing you can you don't know. You don't even know if you have life tomorrow. So it puts it in perspective that every day we have is a gift from God. And don't procrastinate. Don't put off tomorrow or just say, you know what? I'm gonna be real productive tomorrow, and I can be I'm not gonna worry about it today. Take care of today what you need to. Verse 2, let another praise you and not your own mouth, a stranger and not your own lips. It's really important not to try to boast about tomorrow. Boast about what you can do. And if any praise comes your way, let it be from somebody else, not from your own lips. You know, it's much better to let a stranger do it than from yourself. Be humble of heart. If you want to have a Christ-centered heart, make sure... You keep everything focused on Christ. Because once you start boasting about yourself or boasting about what you're going to do tomorrow, that it, it lets it removes Christ from your heart. And it starts putting yourself in that place. So those are some some real illustrations about what how easy it is to slip out of, of a Christ centered heart. Verse three, a stone is heavy and sand is weighty, but a fool's provocation is heavier than both. If you aggravate a fool needlessly or you start quarreling with a fool, it's just nothing but a headache. Because a fool doesn't know when to stop half the time. So, as we, as we talked about last time in verse 26, verse 4, Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him yourself. Be careful about getting into an argument with a fool. Because okay? a fool doesn't have enough sense to even stop. A fool's heart is not on Christ. Your heart is on Christ. And if your heart's on Christ, it's worthless to try to argue with a fool. You'll never, ever convince him. Verse 4. Wrath is, a, is cruel. Anger is overwhelming. But who can stand before jealousy? You know, it's bad to have to deal with somebody who are who are who are angry or who are vengeful, but jealousy—that's one of the worst traits. Be careful around jealous people. At least with angry people <clears throat> and vengeful people, you know you know what you're up against. But when you're standing around a jealous person, you got to be double careful because you don't know what they'll do. They are extremely cunning. Verse 5, better is an open rebuke than hidden love. An open rebuke than hidden love. If you love somebody, that's great. But if you love somebody and never try to do anything to help them, or you never try to do anything when you know you can say something to them, It's not as good. A real friend, a real friend is somebody that can talk to you frankly and say, you know what, let's talk. And let me tell you something I'm disagreeing with. It's all too often, you know, I think sometimes our friendships, we say our friendships are based on Christ, but we might not say anything to the other person, we might not say anything to our friends. when they need to hear from us. It's better to to sometimes openly call somebody out. That's what that's what Paul had to do in, with Peter remember back in Galatians when when Peter was visiting Antioch and Paul was out there preaching to the Gentiles and Peter hadn't was meeting him for the first time and Paul was out there starting his mission to the Gentiles. And he had been appointed by Jesus, by God in heaven to do this mission by Jesus Christ. So, you know, Peter comes up to him and Paul's sitting at the table. There was at a banquet and there was a table with unclean food, you know. And so there was a table, two separate tables, one with unclean and one was clean, you know. And still the, the Jews were still, this was early in the church and, and, uh, People are still trying to understand that there's Jews and there's Gentiles, but Jesus came for both. So, Paul's out there, he's eating with the unclean table. He's trying to make a point to them. You know, there's nothing that's unclean because with Christ, there's no Jew, there's no Gentile. Christ is the fulfillment of the law. So, you know, Peter comes up and he sits with. Paul at the table of the unclean food, and that's a big step for old Peter, because Peter's been a Jew all his life, and he's been following Jesus around, and they've been doing things like you know, his daddy and his granddaddy and his great great granddaddy. Everybody's been doing it that way, you know, trying to follow the old law, and all of a sudden you got a this whippersnapper here, uh, Paul, out here sitting with the unclean table, doing stuff that, like, whoa, he's blowing his blowing people's minds doing it in the name of Jesus Christ. But then when the rest of the disciples come and you know Peter's been there a little bit sitting and eating with Paul at the unclean table. Paul um you know is there, but Peter gets self-conscious and he's he doesn't know what to do, so he leaves the table with Paul and he goes sits at the table where the clean food is, <clears throat> trying to follow the traditional Jewish customs because he's got he's feeling the peer pressure of the uh, of his the rest of his buddies the rest of his disciples what does Paul have to do Paul has to openly rebuke Peter he has to correct him out of love because if he didn't their friendship wouldn't have been very deep so there's there's the love that comes between friends but sometimes the love has to show correction and that takes a lot of love from the giver of the correction as well as the receiver of the correction so you've got to when somebody corrects you you've got to receive it in the right way if peter didn't receive his correction in the right way there would have been an irreversible division in the church <clears throat> Verse 6. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. If you have a, a, a friend who... A friend who needs to wound you to the heart. Those wounds that come from a friend are faithful. In other words, they're designed to help you. Those Rebuking words are designed to make you better. And uh, the, wo- the wounds of a true friend, you, you know you can test that when you know that their heart is centered on Christ. If somebody's coming at you with a Christ-centered heart and they tell you something, those are faithful wounds. But the kisses of an enemy might come up. Somebody might just throw themselves all over you and, and say wonderful things about you and butter you up and everything. Those will hurt you more than anything because it'll puff yourself up and make your, it'll make your uh, heart centered on yourself more. Verse 7, One who is full loathes honey, but to one who was hungry, everything, is, everything bitter is sweet people who take things for granted they don't value it as much you know when you you take food for granted doesn't matter but oh when you're starving even a little cracker is worth so much um i remember um one time being so incredibly hungry we had been working all day out in a mission field and it had been just a long, long, hard day. And all I had were just a few little saltine crackers and some water. And I was so hungry. But boy, how good those tasted. you know. And I was thinking to myself, wow, I'll never take these crackers for granted. And still, when I eat them, I think back from time to time about how hungry I was that day. Well, when you take things for granted, like the Word of God you might not value it how often do you go over to the desk and pick up your bible to read it like oh my goodness i'm so lucky i get this time with, with my lord and his word but if you're if you're hungry for it everything everything no matter how little how small how seemingly insignificant it is is sweet so stay hungry be fed But remember, if you take things for granted, it'll be just like somebody who's always full and they pass up the wonderful honey that is there before them. Verse 8, like a bird that strays from its nest is a man who strays from his home. Someone who just wanders is just like a bird that should fly back to the nest, but but doesn't fly back to the nest. And what usually happens to that bird? That bird without a nest is a bird that doesn't have anywhere to land. And eventually the bird gets tired, doesn't know what to do. It's a bird that usually gets devoured by some other animal. If you stray far from home, in a physical sense, if you're just someone who stays out and parties all night and never goes home and leaves your responsibilities alone your family is hurt and you're hurt and um like a bird out of its nest the little chicks that have hatched never get food they'll end up end up dying the parent bird ends up dying it, it's just a broken nest a broken home it's the end of the line Someone who strays from home in a spiritual sense, when you stray from being christ centered if you stray from god's teaching, it's like a bird that enters its nest, it affects your family it affects your um, it affects your soul your eternity it it just affects everything your heart is desiring. you no longer fly back and forth to the nest bringing food to the chicks you're no longer uh, fly back and forth, making sure your nest is built properly. You're just flying around, and who knows where you're going to land, and you have no purpose. What a tragedy! End of the spiritual line for you or me. How precious that is to not take that nest for granted. Oil and perfume, verse 9, make the heart glad. And the sweetness of a friend comes from his earnest counsel. Look how valuable a friend can be to you. It's, it makes the heart glad, just like oil and perfume do. The friend Being around a friend in the same room has that same aroma of oil or perfume. Just being in the presence of a godly friend, you feel twice as strong. can't take that for granted. Verse 10, Do not forsake your friend and your father's friend. It's just like the bird that forsakes its nest. You can't forsake your friend. You can't take a friendship for granted. That relationship, that friendship relationship is unbelievably pleasant to the heart. And do not go to your brother's house in the day of your calamity. Better is a neighbor who is near than a brother who is far away. If you have a friend who's close by, that's better than just having a brother who might be far away. It might be far away in a physical sense. It might be far away in a spiritual sense. So what if this person is your brother or your sister? If you're not close to them spiritually, it's just like being really far away on the other side of the country. But if you've got a neighbor who is close to you in spirit, they end up being your brother in Christ. Because if you're in Christ, you're in the body. And Christ is is your brother. You're one family. So a neighbor who's near, who's true as a friend and your their heart's on Christ, that's so much more valuable to you than any family relationship that might not be as close. Of course, it, it's even better to have <coughs> a family brother you can share that with who has a Christ-centered heart. That's even that's just that's great too. Verse 11, Be wise, my son, and make my heart glad that I may answer him who reproaches me. Wisdom. A father can be really um, proud and glad of a son who acts wisely, who acts with integrity. Because somebody may come up and, and say, Let me talk to you about your son. That makes the Father glad when the Son has integrity. Remember, my, my little definition of the word integrity kind of spells out that integrity is if you can, whatever you think and say and do in private is the same thing as whatever you think and say and do in public. If those are both the same, that's integrity. In other words, Whatever you let other people see about you is really true about you. It's not integrity if you have really bad thoughts, um, jealous thoughts, evil thoughts inside your heart. Or insincere thoughts or that heart that we were talking about last time in, in verse 26 hypocritical thoughts, flattering thoughts, two-faced thoughts or even lying thoughts. You got to be careful. Back down in chapter 26, 23 through 28, that's, you know, those are things that even Christians have to be careful of. That hypocritical thinking or being just a flatterer, you know? Integrity means you have the same thought in public. Or the. You know. this You talk about someone the same way to their face. As you do behind their back. That's integrity. So be wise. And make my heart glad. That. As a father is saying. That. You, the, the actions of the son. Are the same thing. In front of the father. As it would be. If somebody comes up. And wants to talk to the father about the son's actions that he doesn't see. That makes the father so glad when somebody says, You know, your son is so good because I saw them do this. And that makes the father glad because the father didn't see it, but it's the witness of somebody else who who did. That's integrity. So this is encouraging us to walk with integrity. Verse 12, The prudent sees danger. And hides himself. But the simple go on and suffer for it. Simple people don't prepare for the worst. If you're prudent, you see danger. And and prepare for it. Prudent people, now that's not saying, you know, oh, lazy, I'm not going to do anything. I don't want to work because I'm scared. I'm going to just hide myself every day. That's not what it's talking about. Someone who has prudence has judgment and prepares for dangers that could come. Simple people will walk around and not be prepared. God gives you discernment. He doesn't say walk around as Christian robots, you know, and just let the chips fall where they may. He doesn't say that at all. And this is part of God's wisdom that we've got to learn from. And understand we need to grow in our discipline and we need to grow in our diligence to seek out and search for His Word and also in our prudence. Our prudence is where we can prepare for what we might need to do. Verse 14. Whoever blesses his neighbor with a loud voice rising early in the morning will be counted as cursing. Don't just try to flatter your neighbor every day or every morning because a neighbor will end up probably seeing through your insincerity. Why? Because they're living right next to you. The one thing that a neighbor sees is what you do at home in your private time. Now, other people might see the the. the the personification of what you show them at work or school. They see the social you. You know, they see the, the you on social media. The thing that's fo- so false about social media is it's all marketing of yourself, you know? Your image is everything, you know? So that's like you going around at work or school or, or, or sometimes even church the air that you put on for people but then when you get home you let your guard down your neighbor will see it you know and if you try to just flatter your own neighbor you know like you might be trying to flatter people at work or school or church or things like that <clears throat> neighbor will see right through it cuz they'll see they'll see your own actions in private Verse 15, a continual dripping on a rainy day and a quarrelsome wife are alike. To restrain her is to restrain the wind or to grasp oil in one's hand. If a wife does nothing but quarrel with her husband, it just wears the husband down like a drip on a rainy day. That that drip will eventually form a, a hole and that hole will, like a hole in the roof will, on a rainy day, will eventually just do damage to the whole house. As we were saying the other day in another section, that quarrelsome wife might be quarreling because the husband's not right. Husband's heart's not right, you know. Now, so husbands don't just think, aha, I got you, to the women. You've got to be, you've got to have the heart that's the right heart to be submissive in a servant leader to your wife. In other words, God gives you the authority to be head of the house, but your head of the household is a servant. Okay? Be a servant. And then the wife has the authority to be the helper. In the same way, Jesus had the authority to be A servant and a helper to the Father in heaven. Jesus gave the Father in heaven all authority. So that's the relationship that the wife has with the husband. She's been given in a position to serve, the husband's been given the authority to serve the wife. Both are equal, just as Jesus Christ was equal to the Father in heaven, but they both have roles. Father in heaven has the authority, but he himself becomes Christ who has the authority to serve. Verse 17 is kind of a nice one. Iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens another. What What a great little verse. Isn't that like a new favorite for us here? Iron sharpens iron. What does that mean? Well, you know how you sharpen iron with another piece of iron, and it makes the blade real sharp, and the tool becomes more and more useful? That's how good friends can be to one another, when one man sharpens another. Good friendship, when both hearts are centered on Christ, you can talk about things. You can, you can learn from one another. You can get wisdom from one another because you know the person that's giving you the wisdom or giving you the counsel are are coming so with a genuine heart that's centered on Christ. It's not a hypocrite. It's not someone who's jealous. It's not someone who's saying just what your ears want to hear. You want to be a good friend? When you're talking to somebody... Make sure that heart is dead center on Christ. I mean, dead center. You can't take that for granted. You can't take anything for granted in a friendship. This, this, uh, and we've looking at different ways about being a friend and receiving from your friends. Iron sharpens iron. Verse nineteen is water reflects the face as water reflects face so the heart of man reflects the man when you go to a pond and you look in the pond the water in the pond shows your image shows you how you look or like looking in a mirror that's what the heart reflects if you want to know what's in somebody's heart look at what they think look at what they think and say and do look at their actions You want to know what's in a man's heart? Listen to him talk. We've said this over and over. The Proverbs has said this over and over. You want to know what's in a man's heart? Watch where he walks. You want to know what's in a man's heart? Watch what he looks at. Watch what his hands are up to. The heart of a man reflects the man. Just like water reflects what your face looks like. You want to know? God judges the heart. The Lord Jesus knows the heart. But you can see what's in the heart just by looking at them. Verse 21, the crucible is for silver and the furnace is for gold. And a man is tested by his praise. Oh, man, what a new favorite for me. You're really tested when people try to compliment you. What does that do to you? Be careful. Be oh so careful. I think so much that, that you know, especially when you're at work, you want to get good evaluations. You want so badly to hear good things said about you. What what one of us doesn't want to go into a room and hear people just compliment you? Oh, it doesn't that just set your ears on fire? Be careful when you get praised because it's a test for you. It's a test to take your heart off Christ. When people start talking good about you, oh, you're the focus. Now your heart's centered on yourself. Maybe even though you don't want it to be centered on yourself, it is centered on yourself. Verse 24, or we'll start in 23. Know well the condition of your flocks and give attention to your herds. For riches don't last forever. And does a crown endure to all generations? Riches don't last forever. Know the conditions of your flocks and give attention to your herds. Do what you're supposed to do. But your riches won't last forever. Only God lasts forever kind of a warning it's kind of an encouragement all at the same time does a crown endure to all generations no it doesn't the crown that a king puts on his head is only worn as long as a king's head is still alive that majestic crown it won't even endure somebody else will be wearing it maybe somebody who doesn't even agree nothing lasts forever only God lasts forever how important are our friendships and our relationships but it all starts and ends with a heart centered on Christ I hope this these were helpful and encouraging uh, proverbs for you they certainly were to me I just learned something every single time I I read God's word and I just think they're so great for us to read so I for me to all of you, God bless you, and I'll see you next time.